begin in Ephesians chapter 6. Last Wednesday, we did an experiment which bore a lot of good fruit. We gathered in our throughout the day of prayer, but for the worship, we did worship. Then we had an, an activation where we had a disengaging, letting go of the burdens we were carrying and receiving a new infilling. Then we looked at the scripture that we had been reading, and then we broke into small groups. That goes from 6 to 7.30. We'd love for you to join us. The small groups are powerful, and the praying one for another is powerful. We're going to be in Revelation, began today, chapter 1. By Wednesday, we'll have been through chapter 4. So that's the focus that we will take to expand. And boy, if there was ever some chapters to get alive in. You first have the glorified Christ appearing to John in chapter 1, the letters to the seven churches in chapter 2 and 3, and then chapter 4 is he's called up and a door opens in heaven and he's found himself in the throne room. And so those are beautiful imagery. We read one a day. Uh, the Bible readings in the back or online if you haven't gotten into the habit of it. But that's our goal is to strengthen the experience in the scripture with Wednesdays while also practicing the experience of the spirit so that we don't, uh, we, we're, we're spirit and truth. We're in together. They always flow together, the spirit and the belief in the truth. So love for you to come and join us, be a part of that. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, I will keep you not too long because I know that the weather says around noon they're starting to rain. So may it be we'll get you all done before that. I know you will. I know I will. I know I will. Lord, thank you for uh, this day, and I do truly thank you for this beautiful congregation, unique as every congregation is, peculiar as every congregation is, a royal priesthood, holy nation, a place of worship where we lift up spiritual sacrifices to God that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We ask that today you would receive our time together with a, an empowerment of your word and that we might all be able to stand. Lord, we recognize that we're in a world that is changing daily. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, destruction, evil, wickedness. All of it is growing as men have rejected you, as nations have devised wicked plans. But you have declared in Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Christ, his anointed one, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords away from us. He, the Lord, Christ, the anointed one, sits in heaven and laughs. Then he holds them in derision. Then he speaks to them in his wrath and distresses them in deep displeasure. While God, Father, has made it clear, I have set my king on my holy hill. Jesus has been made king of all kings, according to Revelation 1, on Mount Zion. And then the Lord Jesus declares, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. 
Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. All the nations are our Lord's. And out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation that God has brought for himself through the Lamb, he has redeemed unto himself by his blood, out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation, a kingdom of priests to himself. And we praise you that you have done this. That the ends of the earth are your possessions. There's not a part of this property of this planet that has not now been given to you in your resurrection. And we declare, be wise, O kings, and be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice. Be arrogant, but in humility. Boast, but in humility, in trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you, and he, and you, perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in you. Lord God, we are blessing you. Our trust is in you. Our trust is in you. Our trust is in you. You are able to move the heart of men back to yourself. You're able to go into a culture that has rejected you and say, come out of your kicking against the goads and come back to identity and serve me for what I have called you for. We declare you're doing that even beyond man's ability, but by your great power and your glory to be revealed in the earth in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Ephesians 6.10, when we begin, I could teach this message out of every chapter we read today in uh, Acts chapter 26, which is Paul declaring his mission statement, which is his testimony to King Agrippa, to which he was given the assignment to go to turn, to open the eyes of those who were blind, to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God and from, the, and from darkness to light. And in that moment, he was told that uh, they would be given an inheritance in forgiveness to those who are being sanctified by faith. And there is just something that God's getting ready to do in the hearts of men. And I'm the first in line to ask for a new heart and a great working of the heart because what God accomplished in Jesus Christ is so powerful. It is the war is against our Lord Jesus. No one wants the anointed king to rule. He was placed on a cross with a sign that said, Behold, the king of the Jews. But by the time he was raised from the dead, he became the king of all kings and all peoples. And we have that access. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and we'll... Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The finals of Ephesians are this positioning of ourself in the Lord, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, to, to take it upon ourselves to be there. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So God's armor, not my armor, not God's armor. Wear God's armor. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
We are not fighting flesh and blood, though it may appear that way. That's why Jesus had a secret plan. He said, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who are spitefully using you. Love your enemies. Because that's how the grace of the kingdom finds its way through the individual members of the kingdom. Because the, the, the real battle is things that are unseen, principalities and powers. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So this is about standing and how that position of the heart and position in Christ. He said, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. There are six uh, parts of the armor with one purpose for the armor. So seven in total. And the first thing, and always the first thing, is truth. Without truth, we will falter. If we are not centered in truth, if we have not put our truth around our loins, which is our reproductive organs, about the waist, where all of our uh, life flows. Ishbosheth was the king, Saul's son, and he was killed today in our reading by two wicked men who snuck into his, into his room and stabbed him in the, in the abdomen. To have truth surround us, it's, it's the only means to which I know Jesus said we'll be sanctified in his truth, and the word is truth. So it's the first place of building and growing that we always keep returning to, and what the truth is, Jesus is truth. He is the way, the truth, and life. It's the first. So that's how I start my day. I don't want to try to uh, see how I feel and then try to see if I can adjust how I feel to what I want to feel. I start by acknowledging the truth, and we'll talk about the truth in a moment. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness over my heart in believing and over my breastplate is righteousness, not mine, not by my works of right. I'm found in Christ without righteousness from the works of the law, but through faith in Christ, the righteousness that's from God by faith. So what a joy. And we'll put these on in just a minute. Just to, to be able to put on God's righteousness, to put on his righteousness, and having shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Isn't it cool that we, the kingdom, we, the body of our living Jesus, are advancing in peace? Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's, not, that's, that's a theme. In Romans 16 or 15, Paul says, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Why? Because when I'm not terrified by my adversaries, when I'm not panicked by what I'm seeing, and I step inside of the truth of what God has accomplished and finished in the Son, then that peace surrounds me, guards my heart and my mind. But it also tells my adversary, they're done. They're not going to prevail. They're, they're, they're. Hell requires panic. It needs reaction. It needs to provoke us to do something that is outside of what God would ask us to do. So whenever I move out of peace, I'm usually not in Christ, in least my function. 
I'm never not out of Christ, but I'm certainly not enjoying him. Does that make sense? Peace is always how we advance preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, above all, above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench or extinguish all the fiery darts or missiles of the wicked one. Now, the, the shield of faith, the word shield is a derivative of the word door. And many years ago, when I began to just live more in trying to experience the Scripture versus know the Scripture, I really caught a hold of this idea of shield. Like in Revelations 4, he says, there was a door in heaven and it was open. Or Paul said, I have had a door of ministry. There are many adversaries. Uh, Or Jesus said to the Philadelphia church in Revelation 3, uh, I will now open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open. Faith opens a place of, 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 of relationship or protection in God that we lose when we step out of faith. So the shield of faith, the door of faith, the staying engaged in faith is super-duper powerful. And, and so I step back into, I, I carry that. I'm going to have my shield of faith and take the helmet of salvation My thought life, I put under the helmet of salvation in, in, uh, I think it's Thessalonians, Paul elaborated and called it the hope, the helmet of the hope of salvation. Hope is this, man, it's going to get good. I don't know about you, but I am so expectant of the Lord's coming to start turning hearts back to himself. I can't wait to watch how he goes and rescues a generation lost and comes and begins to claim for himself his trophies of grace because he is able. He is able. We're running out of ability, and therefore we're in a perfect position to return to the one who is able to perform what he promised. He's able to save by few or by many, and he's able to save a few or many. Nothing's stopping him. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Ephesians. He is a prisoner, but yet he is encouraging them to hold their place and not see any of the circumstances to which they're under the, the, the pressure of as a limitator, limiter. Helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Sword of the Spirit. Holy Spirit needs the Bible. He uses the Bible. Uh, I used to say this long ago, and I don't know, I'm not as confident as I used to be when I was young. But I say, you know, if you don't have the Bible in you, and you get into a battle, Holy Spirit's looking for the Bible. And you don't have any Bible in you. So you're like, oh, here comes this ferocious, intimidating, roaring lion who Satan always does a lot with trickery and a lot with props and a lot with sound and a lot with emotions. And you go to pull out your sword, and all it is is a little teeny, you know, nail clippers. (laughs) You don't feel very confident, right? Right? 
I, I'll tell you a quick story, and it'll be a, a principle, and then we'll practice this and go on. Cammie and I had just been married. I was, we were uh, assistant pastor, youth pastors at the Foursquare Church in Moore Park. We found a little house behind a house, a dear gra grandmother who went across the street. We were on Charles Street of uh, Moore Park in the older part of town. And uh, there was a Hispanic congregation she was a part of. And we had this beautiful little, little, you know, 900 square feet, kind of like where we have now. It's just perfect. Perfect. You don't have to clean as much. <laughs> Any case, it, uh, it wasn't in the best of, of the town at that time. And I was walked to where the church was. It was just like three blocks. And I was, I'd, Cammy was working at J.C. Penney's in, the Alp, in, in Thousand Oaks, and we had one car. So I would walk to work. I'd go back for lunch, come back. One day, I was coming back from lunch. And as I was walking down the street, I came across a group of young men that was just sitting and drinking and having a good old time. And they saw me, this little white boy, and these all Hispanic. And they came and they said, hey, what are you doing? And they said, next time you come, you better have a case of beer. And I'm just, I just freaked out. I mean, I'm just internally fearful. I'm thinking, well, first off, that isn't going to work for me to go get a case of beer to make peace. It's, it's not right there yet. Uh, I just, I just, I was shaken inside. I was, I was kind of like, well, what do I do? I didn't want to go around the block and miss that. I felt I had to, I wasn't supposed to run from that, but I didn't know how to change, get rid of the fear that was in me from that event. Does that make sense? Yes. Just not the, I'm just honest. So what I did know, though, I had learned was Scripture. Scripture is the key. So I went and I began to memorize Scripture. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And I would just started to, uh, I mean, I'm doing this so that I can have a sense of peace. Does that make sense? I'm not, I, I, I mean, I wasn't threatened. I was, you know, it's just, it's just all in me. Does that make sense? It's all in me. But I'm, I don't want to, Capitulate as I'm collapsing under that pressure because I have a propensity to fear. I know what fear feels like. I think child of an immig immigrants, my dad, you know, just there's all kinds of reasons. I opened myself up to a lot of unholy things when I was very young. And so fear, I remember drugs would really open the door to a lot of fear. I first, but anyway, that's another story. Any case, here I am. Act, I'm agitated. I'm, 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 and and here I am. A, now the pastor, youth pastor, I'm supposed to be, and I'm, I'm already being told, what are you doing here? You know, in effect, it's, it's a principality, it's a power, it's a might, it's a dominion. It's not people. It always works through people, but it's not the people. And if we come, if we come above the people, we come to the situation, and then God can also remedy the answer. Anyway, weeks went by. Every time I'd get home, I'd go, ah, oh, praise you, Jesus. Every time I got back to church, thank you, Jesus. And I just, you know, tried to walk. I, you know, have you ever been there? 
you know, you know, you know, you're not supposed to be here. The Bible tells you you don't need to be here, but you are here. And yet you don't know how to disengage from where you are because what are you going to do? You can't avoid where you are. You can't undo where you are. It's, you just, so what I'm doing is memorizing Scripture, just declaring Scripture and uh, praying in tongues. Oh, I thank God for praying in tongues. You know, you pray in tongues, uh, it, it, it allows your spirit man to get big. And, and it doesn't just build you up in a muscular way that, that's, that's gross. It builds you up in a muscular way according to the plan and purpose that God has for you. So I'd be praying in tongues. And I, and I started to get, the funny thing about the scripture is it will actually convince you that it's right. It's true. And it's purposeful. And after a while, you'll start going, I, you know what, I believe that. I just believe that. I believe that. No weapon formed against me. I'm, uh, you know, I just, uh, just started building confidence in scriptures and even started to wash. I remember washing my car out on the street. Again, it, the, you know, just, uh, just silly things. But I was, what, 19? No, 21, 22? And I'm just trying to find, hold my place in my big test in my new little job. Then I remember after about three months, something was happening inside of me. I was uh, growing inside a place of surrender and trust in the Lord and confidence in what his word said. And I had a path that I was applying myself into prayer and diligence. And, you know, and it, it, was, it was a kind of a seedy neighborhood back then. And, 1981. It was like a lot of rundown places were. Now it's probably really high-end, expensive place to live. But, you know, Cammie called me one time from church and said, there's somebody outside the house and they're, they're trying to get in. So you just kind of had this, well, okay, here. But the word got bigger. The spirit got stronger. And the spirit and the word began to build inside of me. So one day, on my way to church, walking down the street, coming down the driveway. I make a turn right around the driveway, and here comes a truck full of just, again, back then you could still drive in the back of your truck. You could still bring people around. So it's full in the back. And I'm just sitting there, because that's how I left the house every day. And all of a sudden, somebody just yelled out of the back of the truck, Hey, what are you doing? What are you saying? What are you talking about? And I don't know where this came from. I just knew it happened. I raised up my hands and I said, I'm talking to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I love him with all my heart. He is my king. He is my Lord. And three months of pent-up words and truth and scripture just blew out. And all of a sudden, they said, Cool. It's okay. Cool, man. It's cool. Never again did anybody ever bother me or question why I was around. It was clear where I was. <laughs> so all of that armor is so we can pray effectively. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance, supplication for all saints. So if you would allow me, I'd like to put on the, us to put on the armor, and then I would like to feed us with the truth that this belt, breastplate, feet, shod, piece, 
the whole shield of faith, helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit is based on. But I think if we put on the armor, then we'll be ready to receive because the armor's to pray. A lot of people put the armor on for, to go out and do the day, but it's basically to be able to hold a place in the Spirit inside of the truth of God's provision in the Son to hold our place in the Son so we don't lose the place that God has given us in the Son. Does that make sense? This is the way the Lord showed it to me a few years ago. He said, picture this, Steve, and I could very easily because I felt like he's done this so many times. You're here in the presence, you're worshiping, and something wonderful happens, something opens up, and you see something. I come to you, and I reveal myself in the Scripture. I give you something about your future. I speak over your life, and you know I did. There you are, and here I came, and I give you something. Then I look, turn to you, and I say, in effect, stay here, I'll be back. And at first you think, well, that's terrific. I've, I just had a, a, a real touch from the Lord, and I've got a promise, and I'm just going to, I'm going to stay here. But then, while I'm staying there, here comes my adversary, old Mr. Devil, who's an accuser, loves to cast out. That's his first step in. Did God really say? And so anyway, I'm, uh, you don't, when you're in the spirit, in, in a moment, and God has sustained that moment because he came, it supersedes every moment. But then we have to grow the place that we heard, and that's where the testing comes. So all of a sudden, I'm there, and all of a sudden, I get that sulfur breath. What are you doing? Oh, I'm worshiping God. What do you got there? Oh, it's, it's a promise. It's a beautiful promise that Jesus just gave me. And then all of a sudden, that isn't your promise. Give it to me. And all of a sudden, I freak out. There I am again. Sure, it's yours. And I stopped standing. I didn't stay. I didn't wait. I didn't hold my place for him to come. That's what the armor enables us to do, is to hold a place in agreement, in prayer, until the Lord prevails and brings the answer of that prayer into sight. So if you'll allow me, let's stand together, because I've never put on armor sitting down. It's hard enough to put my pants on. You have to stand up for those, too. <laughs> And just hold up your hands for a moment. Just let the Lord just be present. I know he is here by the Holy Spirit, so present. Been here in the midst of worship. He's in the midst of the word. And we're going to use our mouths because that's how we dress ourselves in the kingdom. We speak and we believe. And when we speak what we believe, when we believe as we speak, sometimes we're not producing that feeling, but we're just accepting the truth. So let's begin by saying, we'll go back to verse 10 if you'll pop that up so I can stay up with it. Father, I now stand in the Lord to be strong in the Lord, in his power and in his might. I put on 
the whole armor of God so that I might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For I know we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, I take up the whole armor of God that I might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore, I gird my waist with truth. Go ahead, just, you know, touch it, put it around. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Your righteousness. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I will go out with joy. I'll be led forth with peace. Peace. Above all, I take the shield of faith, which is able to quench, extinguish every fiery dart, every fiery missile of the wicked one. My relationship in faith, doors it opens, I will prevail the attack against me. And I take the helmet of salvation. Just the hope of salvation. My mind set on the things above. My thoughts given to truth in the Word of God. I receive the hope, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Oh, I worship you. I praise you. I, pr I, I bless you, Father. I ask you to move the doors that are opening. Make them open further. Oh, you are more than able to touch our governor, to touch our president, to touch the ten councils in the ten cities of Ventura County. You're more than able to reach my neighbor to reach my children. You're more than able to move amongst nations and cause them to, to, to bow their knee, to kings to bow their knee, to observe what the Christ is asking of them. Declare you are more than able. More than able. More than able. More than able. Wow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, now slowly sit down because it's kind of new sitting in armor. But just kind of just sit down there. Don't take the armor off. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. This is the beginning. If it was the finally, this was the beginning. Here's what we've been given. We're going to I just believe in this armored suit, we will be able to receive these truths, and they will not be hard at all. 
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, to the saints who are in Camarillo, and the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's receive that right now. We receive grace, 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 and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. You see, even just with the armor on, it, it takes the Bible into an interactive moment. It's like putting on, if you were, to those VR headsets of virtual reality, except this isn't virtual reality. This is truth. This is stepping inside the spirit of truth. So now begins a, 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 everything we'll ever need has been provided for us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are blessed, God. Blessed, my Father. You're blessed. You're the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. You can join any parts I say that you make them yours too because we're putting, now we're filling ourselves. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, not most, every spiritual blessing. Imagine that. Just we receive. We receive. We receive. That's healing. That's help. That's hope. That's joy. That's victory. That's breakthrough. That's deliverance. That's every spiritual blessing. As it is in heaven, so it is here in Christ. In Christ. Just as he, Father, chose us before the foundation of the world. Talk about being wanted. I don't care how you got on the planet. All right? It could be questionable how you arrived. It could have been told to you that you were not wanted. Nobody, you were an accident. You're a mistake. And if, if it wasn't told to you by the immediate people, as soon as you got to school, somebody told you. But our identity is not in what we've experienced or how we arrived. Our identity is that God chose us in Him. In Christ. In Christ. Before the foundation of the world. So there is no accidental pregnancy. Accidental. Because everyone it was chosen before the foundation of the world to be born. And to be, and to be received. We should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, let's, we've got it. We are right now chosen before time began in Christ to be before our Father holy and blameless and inside his love. So hold up your hands. Let's just, this, this just, just I, I spend time, a lot of time, just saying, here I am. I am in your presence inside your love. And I have been made holy and blameless. I, without blame, without hope. Oh, I praise you. Go ahead. Receive it. Receive it. Re Doesn't matter what's happened, what you, what heard, what happened this week. It, this is truth. This is truth. 
And now that you have the armor on, you can step in and hold it. Have, it keeps getting bigger. Think of this. It just keeps growing. Having predestined us. That means chose us before time began. That's, again, another set the boundaries. Predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, Father, according to the good pleasure of his will. See, again, we said yes, but God long before said, I choose you, and I provide for you adoption, and you'll be my son. You'll live inside my sonship, and that's my good pleasure. That's just because I want to. I didn't ask anybody if I could. I didn't ask you if I could. I chose you. It's my good pleasure of my will, and it's to the praise of my glory, of my grace. So we're now, again, we're inside the armor so we can allow these truths and the rights to just take us to the place of the fullness of that, which is accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in the beloved. Say that with me. I'm accepted in the beloved. Again, I am accepted in the beloved. In him, Jesus, the beloved. Get this. This is so important because a lot of times we haven't matured much beyond that, the first part of getting born into the kingdom. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's not salvation. That's recovery of the sons as they get displaced through life. Redemption only goes, applies to sons. It does not apply to slaves. You don't redeem a slave. You buy, sell a slave. But when you're a son, you and I will need to be redeemed. That's why the redeemed of the Lord shall return shall return to Zion, born in Zion, but we got to return to Zion, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. So sorrow and sighings, I don't know about you, how long you've been knowing the Lord, but I've had more sorrow in knowing the Lord than before I didn't know the Lord. I was just lost. But, but that path of discovery, of sanctification, which is what is, we're all in the middle of, is sanctification. So this redemption through his blood, which is the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, which means my conscience before God in his presence, by the blood, I know I am forgiven. I am accepted. I don't care what I did yesterday or what someone did to me today. I am forgiven. And I use my mouth. Say it. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And I forgive all. And I release all. And I am forgiven. And forgiven of all. You, you cannot exhaust that. You cannot over, overuse forgiveness. It's the essence of our relationship. In heaven, we are known as the forgiven and the redeemed. This is something the angels wish they could get in on. They can't which he made to abound toward it. See, this is the riches of his grace. So this grace, heavenly blessings, inside the, in the presence of God, inside of love, sonship, redemption, 
by the riches of his grace. Now this grace, he's saying, I'm going to superabound it. I'm going to cause it to enlarge. It'd be, again, like let your sci-fi mind go in, like stepping into a, a, a universe. And the farthest you look, you can't yet touch the furthest touch of grace. It's expansive. It's enlarging. It's all of this. But yet God is giving me a capacity to, to see and perceive, to uh, wisdom and prudence. He's get wisdom and prudence. It's, it, the wisdom is the big picture. Prudence is the, is the deep thought, the, the actively using my mind toward pondering these truths. And then it says, having made known to us the mystery of his will. Okay, now this, yes, gets better. The mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. See, I'm, we're, this is who we are in Christ, and nothing that we is, have done or can be done against us can take us from this place. The mystery of his will, which is according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, Papa, our Papa, in the dispensation of the fullness of time, when time is full, when it's time, he will gather together in one all things in Christ. All of us in Christ, he's going to gather in one, both which are in heaven, our brothers and sisters have preceded us, and which are on the earth, and he's gathering us all together into him in one. This, this will... This will dismantle fear over the, the future because this is the end of the game. This is where we're all headed. When I first discovered this, I would, I would say to the Lord, I do it all the time still, I say, Lord, I just yield myself to, the will, to your will, to the mystery of your will. The mystery of your will is that you're collecting all of me into all of you. I release all of me back into all of you. I'm not going to fight. I'm not, I don't need to be on the outside trying to sort out my life. I yield to you. Come. <laughs> you, there you are. I yield myself. Will you do it with me? Lord, we yield to the mystery of your will, to the summation of all things in our life into you, all of us into you. We, we, we say that the whole body of Jesus will be compacted together in one. How? We yield to this. We yield our, we let go of our desires, our demands, our troubles and struggles. We are being summed up, made into one. See, the devil, he wants to assimilate. He wants to just devour. He wants to eat us, spit us, and take from us our anointing, our identity, and use it for himself. Not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died so that we could be made alive in him, so that we could grow up into him in all things. So we're being summed up, all of us. Because here, watch this. As the yielding continues... In him also, we have obtained, we've been given a, an inheritance, verse 11. In him, in Jesus, we've been given an inheritance. See, no, you understand, if the armor is like, it's, not, it's like a space suit, but it's not a space suit, it's a heaven suit in order to live in a heavenly realm while on the planet. The heavenly realm is, okay, he said, Wow, I've attained an inheritance. Being 
predestined. Again, there's father. There's father. Way beyond time began. Says, I got an inheritance for Brian. I want one for Edia. I've got one. I've got one for Lily. I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance, and their inheritance is in Christ. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Not one of us an accident. Not one of us a surprise. Not one of us to get saved and God goes, I didn't expect you would get saved. What do I do with you now? No, you're just saying yes to what we were called to in Christ before time began. And that was according to his counsel, his will. And what is the fruit of knowing this? He, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Inside this beautiful armor that allows me to hold a heavenly position on an earth, in an earthly world, I, I say thank you. I thank you for the heavenly, all, the, all the blessings in heavenly places. I say yes, I have been made to be able to stand in your presence inside of your love, holy and without blame. And I've been adopted as a son. And that adoption has, has by your grace, and it's made me accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted. When you, I'm accepted in the beloved. And I'm not just only accepted in the beloved. I am redeemed in the beloved. So when I lose my way, wander away, there he is. There's blood, forgiveness of sin, how I get here back every time through the blood. <sighs> And not only am I redeemed, but I have been, I'm being consummated, matured, brought into perfection. We together are. All of us will be one in heaven and earth in him. Not only are we being all collected into Christ, we all have a place in Christ. Unique inheritance functionality, purpose. And that was all given to me by the Father before time began. I praise you. I praise you. See, can you imagine how you really could spend time here? And you could begin to hold a position that if you're not careful at one of those crises, you'll do like I did and just shout out the truth. You just shout it out. You didn't even, you don't even know that you really believe it. You've been trying to believe, but all of a sudden, in the moment it needed, bam, the sword of the Spirit. In him, we also trusted. After we heard the word of truth, so many years later, thousands of years later, we heard this word of truth. And we trusted in this Jesus, the gospel of our salvation, in whom? In Jesus, having believed, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We were sealed. You, we may not feel it at times, but we are recognizable into all spiritual realms that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's recognizable. And it's so, the sealing is not like take it off and put it on. It's a perpetual seal. That's why we're told in Ephesians later, in chapter 4, don't speak evil of each other. Don't malign. Don't gossip. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit who has sealed you. He has to go with you. Wherever we go, he goes. Whatever we say, he hears. 
So we're learning to, this heavenly position because this is who we've been adopted into and in the sonship, and this is his function. And so we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and here we close, who is the guarantee of the inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. We're in escrow. We're in escrow. We have been bought with a price. And Christ is fully expecting a matured church to be his bride. And the Spirit of God has sealed us in such a fashion that he, we can, we're recognizable wherever we are. And the promise to collect us, sum us up, and release us functionally inside his inheritance is, is well within his capacity. Amen. 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 Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Beloved, we are these people. And we have been called to be in this place. And I want to, as we close, just, just enjoy. Because we're inside the armor. So we have heavenly function to protect us in this vulnerable place of receiving truth. And we don't have to be bullied by the devil and threats. Everything you hear, everybody's saying it's all there. The sky is falling. No, the sky isn't falling, but those floods are coming. You know, all of that. True as it may be. True as it may be. True as it may be. We need Elijah. Not his servants. We need Elijah who sees the unseen, not the seen. We need the Elijah who can open eyes and blind eyes. Because Elijah's servant comes out one morning because the king of Syria has finally decided he's taken Elijah, the mouthpiece of God, out of the picture, brings his army and surrounds the city. And so the, the servant who's washes Elijah, keeps him, cares for him, goes outside and sees chariots everywhere. That's what we see everywhere right now. But the reason we see everything, we see all that, all we can do is fear. And then after we get fear, fearful, we get angry. It's human nature. First you're afraid, then you're anger. Because anger is something you can control better than fear. But in any case, he's going, Alas, my master, we're surrounded. Elijah just can walk down because he's in this truth. Oh, there's more that are with us than against us. And you know, Elijah's going, servant going, there's you, and there's me. One, two. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, you know. And then Elijah prays, Lord, open the eyes of my servant. That's my prayer for us today. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Can you stand with me? Open our eyes. And suddenly, the servant's eyes are opened. And behold, and listen, you want to hear this? Those of you have got ears, you've got to hear this. And all around Elijah, not the city, not the commitment to anything beyond the man of God who has a relationship with God. All around Elijah are chariots of fire. 
The open heaven, the door of faith. Now, it doesn't stop there. Elijah goes down to the city square, meets the commander of the army. And he says, before he did, he simply prayed a prayer. Lord, blind their eyes so they can't see. So the same God that opens eyes to see will blind eyes that can't see. He said, who are you looking for? And they said, well, we're looking for Elijah. He said, oh, he's not, he's not here. He's in the wrong, you're in the wrong city. Let me take you there. And this is, so he gathers the troops and he takes him to Samaria, the capital. Gets him inside the city. They shut the gate. And then he says, Lord, now open their eyes. And they realize we're in the middle of a, a hostile army. The king of Samaria says, should I kill him? Should I kill him? He says, don't kill him. Why would you kill somebody you captured? In the kingdom, everything you do matters. And the means of which you do it and the heart that you approach it with matter. We read that today. It just matters. So they fed him. He said, feed him and send him home. And once they fed him, sent him home, the raid stopped. Hallelujah. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to the kingdom that we are in, to the glorious triumph of Jesus Christ, to whom you have made him king of the kings, of all kings. Open our eyes. He is the king of the president of America. He is the king of the president of China. He is the king of the president of Russia. He is the king of the premiers and deputats and every man. We praise you, Jesus. Open our eyes. Open our eyes to see you. Just worship. Look with me. See into heaven. The truth of Jesus Christ and we're in Christ. Lord, be praised. You are God. You are God. Most high. Praise, and this is how we're closing today.
our beautiful armor of God, our heaven suit, and a hostile environment, conflicts and fears everywhere. We peer with precise vision through the truth of Scripture. See the beautiful one, the holy one, accepted inside of the beloved. And with childlike faith and gentle hearts, but strong spirits with great faith, we declare you're beautiful. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are beautiful, Lord God. What you've done for us, what you've given us, all that you've accomplished. We say, Jesus. Go ahead, say his name, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus anointed one. Jesus. We say Jesus, salvation, Jesus, healing, Jesus, forgiveness, Jesus, redemption, Jesus, inheritance in Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus, you are beautiful, 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 go ahead. in the armor inside of the truth girded about our waist of what the God of our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has given us in Christ 
we now thank Him and praise Him and thank You and praise You that these truths find full expression in the earth again. The men will come from dark shadows crying out, I want to see this Jesus. They'll cry out for repentance. Out of insanity into inheritances, men will run. Out of persecution into submission, men will return. All to the glorious one, to Jesus Christ, to the healer, the deliverer, to our redeemer, Jesus. Lord, let us go forth. Let us hold this truth in celebration, in proclamation. And when men come and ask us for a reason of the hope that we have within us, that we can tell them we have this hope in this glorious one, this Jesus. He's our Savior, our Lord, the Redeemer of the earth and out of all tribes. In Jesus' name.